Hello, I'm Mark Tweddle. Welcome to You Tell Yours, where we share with you stories from our storytelling classes. Our storytelling techniques are a practical way to help get yourself heard, be it for a storytelling event, business presentation, or any public speaking function. So head over to youtellyours.com for more details. This week's story is from Jim Hjort. They say an Englishman's home is his castle. Hmm, I wonder what the American equivalent is. So, the first new car I ever bought wasn't actually a car. It was a bright red Ford pickup truck. It might not have been the most common go-to vehicle for a guy with a banking career, but I loved <laughs> the, the utility of this thing. It, was, it rode high like a 4x4, even though it was two-wheel drive, so it made for a great adventure vehicle for mountain biking trips and I lived in San Francisco at the time, so it also made for a perfect urban assault vehicle because I could you know, take the hills and dips at really any speed without fear of bottoming out. My dad actually sold truck parts his whole life. My mom didn't work. She was a stay-at-home mom who loved the TV show Chips. <laughs> and when I was a kid, we lived in a suburb of Chicago. And despite the obvious financial constraint of being a single-income family and that single income deriving from the sale of truck parts, my mom used to tell us all the time that we were upper middle class. <laughs> but I digress. The same day I bought the big red pickup truck, I ordered a camper shell for it, custom painted to match. And I would take this thing on camping and backpacking trips and in the back I had this thick foam mattress and pillows and blankets, and it made for a cozy little getaway. It was beautiful. That was the thing about that truck. I could have lived in it if I'd wanted to. Not like a Buick. <laughs> You'd have to be out of your mind to think that living in a Buick for any period of time would be a, a viable option. Yet when I was 10 years old, that's what my family and I did for nine months because it is possible to live in a car and be upper middle class. <laughs> so my dad had lost his job after getting into a fight with his boss. So we needed a new plan. And thanks to my mom's affinity for that show Chips, she had a yearning to relocate to LA. So when my dad was offered a job in Salinas, a uh, red-headed stepchild of a town uh, inland of Monterey up in central California. My mom said, close enough. So we packed up our things and headed off in the car. So I was excited to leave Illinois. No more cold winters of shoveling snow until my hands were like blue claws. I could make friends, I thought. And I imagined a house in California with a yard that my dog and I could play in. You know, basically a, a house just as good as the one in Illinois, only with more consistently sunny weather outside. But that's not the way it worked out. My parents did buy a house in California, a townhouse actually, with an eight by eight brick patio. But it wasn't built yet. And there wasn't enough money left over from the sale of our old home to pay for anywhere to live. So the three-day drive to California became a much longer journey. 
1981 Buick Electras are not designed as residential vehicles, of course. <laughs> so we had to be inventive in our daily life. So we'd, after we'd pick my dad up from work, we'd head to the mall of the, the, the parking lot of the mall in town, which became my new backyard. So I would take an old tennis ball and throw it against the side of the building for a couple of hours, playing catch with myself, until it was time for dessert expired Hostess cupcakes that my mom sourced from the bakery outlet store, which, I will have you know, is the preferred snack of the car-dwelling upper middle class. <laughs> when it was time for bed, we would retire to the pitch-black dirt parking lot of the California Rodeo grounds, where the night watchman eventually got to know us and took pity on us and stopped rousting us in the middle of the night. So my parents would sleep in the front seats, reclined all the way back. The dog got the back window and I got to stretch out in the back seat. And I would lay there staring at the Velcro-like material on the back of the front seats, praying that I wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. That required a flashlight and a cold walk to the restroom, which for some reason started to be left unlocked. In the morning, we would do our ablutions in the cinder block outhouse of a nearby park. <laughs> it had no doors, and the walls didn't meet the ceiling, so it made for a perfect wind tunnel. <laughs> My dad and I would stand there at the sink, giving ourselves sponge baths, the wind whistling through in the pre-dawn darkness, chilling me to the bone. Not exactly Chicago cold, but then again, I never stood in the cold wind, butt naked and dripping wet in Chicago. One morning, a jogger came bouncing in to use the restroom and saw my dad and I standing there wet and naked, and he backed out of the room and <clears throat> Some people just do not comprehend the lifestyles of the upper middle class. <laughs> so I didn't experience all this as being terrible. I experienced it as being difficult. Uh, you know, I had to be evasive with my new classmates at school about where I lived. Oh, it's in that direction. Somewhere over there, you, you wouldn't know it. And, you know, even in Illinois, I hadn't had the easiest time really fitting in in school. And now, living in California in a Buick, it wasn't any easier. But my parents seemed to treat all of this as though it were completely normal in some way. And, in fact, we were actually all pretty good-humored about it. When my brother graduated from college and moved home, <laughs> we picked him up at the airport and we had streamers hanging around one of the back windows and a sign on the seat that said, welcome home. <laughs> now I was glad to have him back, of course. However, as the older brother he now got the back seat. 
and I got the rear seat footwells. And, but, you know, I found if you took pillows and you stuffed them where your feet are supposed to go, it actually made for a pretty level surface with the hump of the transmission tunnel and it wasn't all that uncomfortable on my back. So we were okay. It was a matter of perspective. This was just a phase until the house was ready. And after all, we were upper middle class. <laughs> but then one morning when I was dropped off at school, my foot got caught on my little pile of pillows and blankets as I got out of the car and they plopped out onto the street. For some reason that only the devil himself knows, all of my classmates happened to be assembled in front of the school that morning. And seeing this, they all pointed at me in unison, laughing. Ah, we knew it. We knew you were homeless. And that was the day that living in a Buick was no longer an adventure. I was a victim. I saw myself reflected in their eyes as someone who was shameful, an urchin. I was homeless. In some weird way, I thought we'd been having fun all this time, but it was bleak. So I, I learned in this experience that there are so many things that we can live without. Sofas, TVs, two-car garages, private baths. But what really makes life difficult is when you have no self-respect. So the glorious day did arrive when the house was complete. Actually, the <clears throat> sales agent gave my parents the keys the day before closing to spare us a night of living in the car. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, four walls with doors and a ceiling that meets the walls is a very, very beautiful thing. I went to my new room and lay there forever, kissing the carpet, walking leisurely to the toilet at night just because I could. <laughs> I knew that the kids at school wouldn't have anything to say anymore. So years later, I had a safe banking job and my own apartment, and I bought this big red truck that I could live in if I had to but I didn't have to. I remember one camping trip I was on. I was in the back on my mattress with my pillows and blankets, and I had my head kind of poking out of the tailgate so I could look up at the stars. And I was thinking about how unhappy I was as a banker and how I so desperately wanted to do something different with my life, something more meaningful, how I was dying inside. And I thought if I leave my job, I might lose my nice apartment with my stainless steel appliances and my big screen TV. And if things really went south, I might end up with just this truck. But then I remembered what I really learned when I was 10 years old, which is that you have everything you need when you have your self-respect. So I closed my eyes and snuggled up in my big red truck and congratulated myself that I hadn't bought a Buick. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed Jim's story. If you'd like to tell your story, head over to youtellyours.com for details of our classes and events. 
You can listen to this as a podcast at podcast.utellyours.com or find us on iTunes. If you've got a moment, please review the podcast on iTunes as I would love to know what you think and it also helps others find us. And you can email me at mark at utellyours.com if you have any questions about this podcast. Thank you for listening.